0: Do you not know, brethren, that the law has jurisdiction over you, has mastery, is what the word jurisdiction is. It's the same word we get Lord from, Jesus Christ our Lord, has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. There's a condition there. If you're living, the law has jurisdiction over you. Here it
1: comes, brand new day, but I don't know what will come my way, rise or fall. Challenge like your word directs me to what's right And spurs me on right through the fight With the promise of new life
2: My name is John McKenzie, and you're listening to A Word with God, and I encourage you to open your Bibles to Romans as we continue going through a series called The Gospel of Jesus Christ, and yes. the, the tagline
0: is, I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's kind of like the bottom line that Paul is saying through the whole uh, book. You know, he kind of he kind of starts there, and he actually ends there, too.
2: By the way, good evening.
0: Good evening in the middle of a stormy night.
2: In the middle of a stormy night. It is nice and warm, though. That's the nice part.
0: Yes, it is.
2: So in, in this particular one, and again, I encourage people to open their Bibles to Romans chapter 7 while we continue to go through uh, this message and this passage, unless you're driving like we talked about before. And now question for you, Stan, because each week in in this particular part of Romans, you've been going through, well, now we're on week, hold on, fifteen. And yes. each week, you go through what the other nails were in the sermon. Right. So, and and it's funny because what I keep thinking about this is that you, you mentioned in here that Jesus is called the shepherd. Mm-hmm. Or I guess sometimes called the good shepherd. Yes, he is the now, good shepherd. Now, the, if Jesus is the shepherd, therefore we are the sheep. sheep right? And sheep in technically are fairly... What are
0: they um non intelligent
2: non intelligent another yes. way of saying it is they're dumb,
0: yeah, they're dumb, yeah, pretty dumb,
2: so anyways, it's good, I'm glad that you're going through each week telling us the other parts so that hopefully repetition will hopefully hit yeah. hit home
0: well the 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 end goal is that you'd be able to think through the book of of Romans, the letter to yeah. of the uh to the Roman church. And uh, walking through it each week hopefully gives you an edge so that as you're walking through you can think, oh, yeah, he talks about this and he talks about this and, and who we are in Christ and, and that uh, we are new uh, creatures and we have a new nature. And, like, hopefully you'll be able to walk right through it and it will make sense to you as you think through the book. Yeah.
2: And, and part of it is, too, that Paul all the way through Romans is building a very thorough case.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Of the gospel and and yes. how to live a a proper you know properly as a Christian yeah. whether whether you were a Jew or a Gentile
0: right it's it's amazing because he between Romans and uh, Isaiah and Deuteronomy mm-hmm. we have these these three that walk together in building a theology and uh, who God is and how God deals with men and women and and uh, those are the three great writing prophets Moses Isaiah. And uh, certainly, Paul had a prophetic ministry as well. Hmm. I bet
2: you he never would have thought that when he was starting. No. Uh, So, this particular week, the nail that we had is uh, the law is no longer your master. Mm -hmm. And part of, one of the questions that kind of came up here was, and it's it's a bit, it's again, one of these uh, mind benders. Paul has a lot of them. Mm -hmm. He has a lot of things that kind of make you start thinking about it. And you mentioned here that only God saves, but our obedience is part of salvation. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit?
0: Yeah. Uh, salvation, technically, salvation is totally from God alone. Mm-hmm. In fact, John tells us that he is the one who stirs us up to respond to the gospel message. And kind of the proof that something has happened is this walk of obedience. And, and John really nails that down in 1 John um, it's clear, as clear. In fact, Jesus said, if you love me, you obey me. Right. And so obedience is that kind of proof in the pudding we've talked about before. And, uh, and so there is the salvation message, there's the work of the Holy Spirit, and then there's the walk of obedience. Am I actually going to do what God is calling me to do, what he's putting in my heart? Am I going to respond to the gospel message in faith, uh and uh and that's uh, that's where it comes together.
2: Well and and part of what comes to mind right now for me is <clears throat> and I've seen this happen a few times over in my life, uh you've probably seen it more more than I have.
0: Well I'm a little bit older than you. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: But is uh Billy Graham Crusades. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's one coming up, and there, I've seen I've seen some things. Actually, I think there's something even at our church that's that's going on where we're you know yeah, helping people get we're ready. We're preparing
0: for that. preparing a way for uh, uh, my hope, and yeah. that's going to be in November, I believe. So yeah.
2: now the reason I mention that is that I know people who they've gone to uh, a Billy Grain crusade, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was their time where they you know right there on the spot said, you know what, I'm going to mm-hmm. change my life. I'm going to turn. I'm going to do a 180. I'm going to become a Christian. Mm-hmm. Now part i'm guessing of what's happening right now is to get those people into a church so that they can then take what they have started and and go again with obedience learning more about god Mm -hmm. and becoming and becoming stronger in it yeah i
0: mean you have the parable of the sower Mm -hmm. in seed falls in all kinds of hearts and and that's really the seed is the word of god and the Ground. It's different kind of hearts that it hits, and and there are people who respond to the gospel and say, "Yeah, that that sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm in for it," until things get tough. Until things, um, what John desc- or Jesus describes as uh, um, you know rocky ground. Uh, some right away the birds take it away. It's like before it even finds a place to rest. Sometimes thorns and thistles, cares of this world. Jesus calls that mm-hmm. things come and. And it's kind of like, it sounds like a good idea, but they never really walk that out. They never really, um, they explore it, they look at it, but mm-hmm. it's not changing, it's not saving faith. And um, there's a kind of faith that the world will have where you kind of walk around, you kind of kiss it, but you don't embrace it. Right. And that's uh, really what uh, what I think he's talking about.
2: Okay. Well, and and to kind of go on to that path a little bit here, so let's let's pretend right now, and I and I think this is very um, very likely that there are people listening right now who have accepted Jesus. They've kind of gone with the uh, quote unquote fire insurance, right? They, yeah. You know, I I'm a Christian. I, I, I you know I go to church, or I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. or my parents were Christians. Mm-hmm. What are some of the ways that people can know? that they're living in obedience, and I guess this has to do with uh, mm-hmm. a tree with fruit, right? There should be yeah. fruit that's being, yeah. that there's bearing fruit there.
0: Yeah. Um, one is, is a, a desire to be with the people of God. Okay. That's the very, one of the very first things that we see happening. People begin, that follow Jesus, begin to be attracted to other Jesus followers. Okay. Um, uh, a hunger for the word of God. Uh, a desire to connect with God in prayer, uh, the ability or the desire of the heart to to see change, not, not just be the same, but that my life is now going to change because of the decision I've made. Now Jesus is Lord of my life. And there's, I think, the prime indicator is is the person making an effort to make Jesus the Lord, master of their life. I think that's a pretty good one.
2: Well, let's get going in the message and uh, we'll wrap things up at the end then.
0: Let's open our Bibles to Romans uh, chapter 7. Well, I, 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 I knew you were reading something, but I thought we are going into the next song. So I mean, probably wasn't paying attention. That happens once in a while. Ever have a husband that doesn't pay attention once? In a, Never have a husband that... Man, she just covers your backside something good. She's lying. (laughs) Okay, Romans chapter 7. Okay, we're going to walk through this again really quick today. But by the time we're done this, you need to be able to walk through Romans and go, here's where Paul is going. First thing is that you're loved, no matter what, you are loved. You have a place that's called the church and that you can walk away from God and that's where most of humanity is is walking away from God if you're walking away from God today that's not a great place to be and you can change that uh, there's a journey into depravity when you walk away long enough you sink lower and lower and right according to Romans becomes wrong and wrong becomes right we get mixed up in what is God's has this plan is that uh, all will be revealed And so your whole life is an open book to God not only will it be an open book to God but it'll be an open book in eternity when you stand before this holy and this just God and so he urges us to straighten the books up now not later on Well, there are two destinations and all will be revealed, and integrity is the goal, is that God wants to build in you this oneness of life, that you're the same man, you're the same woman, no matter where you are, no matter what life circumstances. And uh, in the midst of that, God wants to change your attitude towards sin. He has something very much different for you than what most North American Christians experience, which is really... A very casual relationship with God and a very intense relationship with sin. And that was never God's plan for you. And God's been planning your salvation even before you knew him. He went before you and he loved you. And uh, all of the things that have happened to you have been leading to the point where you put your trust in Jesus. You have hope and you have assurance in him. And then uh, we part have talked about having this great exchange. Him taking your old nature, and that's where we're going to really be hammering this down a bit today. The old nature dying and him putting his nature in you. You're not alone in this Christian life. You're not doing it out of white knuckling it. You can't force it, you can't just try harder. It takes the indwelling of the Spirit of God. And could I say that if you've not experienced the indwelling of the Spirit of God and a change of heart, a change of attitude towards sin, in some degree, underline that, underscore some. Some degree of change, you have to call into question, is there a relationship with Jesus? And if there's not a relationship with Jesus, that is the first thing that you have to deal with. And we've gone over that and over that throughout Romans. That is the starting point. And then we're to let grace reign and rule in our hearts. We're to be like Him as He is gracious towards us. So grace is to rule in our hearts to one another. And last week, your choices define you. You choose carefully. And if your choices betray you, if they betray what camp you're in, and this is where we also really nailed down last week, that if your life has not changed, if your choices do not betray who you are, you again have to come back to that point of asking, has there been a change? Is there relationship? Am I a Christian in voice only, in name only? If I said a little prayer at some point and there's no exchange taking place in my heart because along with the prayer is the walk of obedience. Now, how does that work together? It it, it is a mystery because there are places of Scripture where it's very clear that it's God and God alone that brings salvation. And then there are other Scriptures that talk about our walk with Him and our need to walk in obedience. And the walk of obedience is proof Of salvation taking place. And how do those come together? Mystery. It's all right to have mystery. Because we have a God who is above us and beyond us. And so today if you are in that place where we were last week. Of saying my choices constantly betray a life that has not been touched by the holy and just God. There is no change in my attitude to sin. My choices betray that. You have to come to that place of saying, am I his follower? Those are hard places to come to. They're not easy places to come to. Scripture says that we are artfully deceived by our own imaginations and devices. And it was very interesting. I was at a seminar this week on addictions And there's a part in the addiction cycle where you suspend reality, you numb the part of your brain that actually thinks and evaluates, and you can believe anything that you tell yourself once you hit that point. When you have dopamine and adrenaline and uh, endomorphins racing through your body, there's an amazing mechanism that clicks off all conscious evaluation of the long-term consequences of what I'm about to do. That's amazing. Scripture had that thousands of years before we knew about dopamine and endomorphins and adrenaline, where it says that it's so easy to deceive ourselves. I challenge you this morning, if you're living a life of self-deceit, ask God to reveal to you truth in your life. In fact, James says that's a great question to ask God because God is not stingy with truth. God is not stingy with entering into your life. And if you ask him to enter in, he will and he will begin to show you. Father, we give these next moments to you in Romans chapter 7 and we call upon the God of the universe that you would send your Holy Spirit and that you would encircle this place. That this would be free from Attack of the enemy, that what has walked in with us would be left at the door. Hi, I'm Stan, your radio teacher at A Word with God. And uh, I hope you've kind of picked up over the last few weeks that God never intended us to do this Christian life alone, but He's given us each other to connect, to be accountable to, to be encouraged by. And if you presently don't have a home church, we would love to get to know you and have you check us out. And maybe, just maybe, we'll become family. John, why don't you tell folks how to find us?
2: Yeah, you can find us at 112 Spadina Road West, and that's in Kitchener. And we have two services on Sunday, one at 9 and one at 1115. Love to see you there.
0: For there is a spiritual battle and a spiritual warfare that goes on that cannot be seen, but it can be felt palpably by those who are awakened in the Spirit. And this week, you may have been there. You may have found, felt that you have been in an all-out war, that the enemy has railed against you, that the enemy is pressing you down. In fact, you may have been to the point of tears. You may have been in the point of close to being to despair and giving it all up. But there is one that loves you like no one else. There is one who has promised to never leave or forsake you. There is one who has promised to hear your cry in the middle of the night when all is dark and the lights are down low and it looks like you're never going to get your way home. And He is the one that hears you. And He is the one who responds to the prayer of your heart. Father, this morning, reveal to us your holy and glorious word, reveal to us the power that you have to enter into our (coughs) lives. Reveal to us truth about ourselves that we would rather forget, for we are like children who would love to play and would love to pretend that there is no evil outside of the gate. But you are in the gate. And the good shepherd sits across the gate. And he keeps the evil beasts of the field at bay. And so we're not alone. And so touch our hearts this morning, Father. And we come to you in the powerful and precious name of Jesus, through whom all things are possible. Amen. Last week we left off that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, and that is kind of where he hammered us down. The gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death. This morning, the nail, if I going to put it down into just a small phrase, that the law is no longer your master. Have you ever had masters that you really didn't like? And Maybe it was school, and we don't call them school masters anymore, but in some ways they are masters. Uh, I remember uh, I had a, uh, a teacher in grade four who loved to—I don't know if you do this or not—still, um, but but he loved to crack the pointer across my knuckles on uh, my desk if 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 I didn't do what I was supposed to be doing, and and, uh, and I had another lady—I uh, think she was a single gal—and I'm not sure if she liked kids—that if I wasn't paying attention, would come right around behind me and go upside the, like, cuff your ears. That's the kind of school that, that uh, when I was little, That it, can you identify with any of that? You were a good child. I got the strap. <laughs> you were not? You know, I got a strap in grade one for kissing a girl. Yeah, I got the strap for that. It was, it was years later. I was always afraid to kiss her when we were dating because of that. I thought, maybe somebody pulled a strap out. We've had harsh masters. And I remember working at one place where the, where the boss was even afraid of the head cook there, and he, uh, uh, and he just ran the whole show. And you uh, would not we were not allowed breaks, and we were not allowed to really take. He really liked you to have your lunch beside you, and so I stood all day long at a 400 degree six rack rotating oven, and uh, just popping salt pills like you wouldn't believe, and uh, and it was like being in hell. And I dreaded going to work. And the day that I quit, I walked into to the co-op, which is kind of like a TSC store. And the guy I knew there said, hey, you wouldn't be looking for a job, would you? And I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. Yes, I am. I will do anything. And then I got to drive truck. And I thought that was really cool. And, and I remember like kind of waving goodbye to the old master. Well, that's the picture. That's the scenario for today. Is waving goodbye to the old master. Verses 1 to 3, how long do I have to listen to the law? Or, do you not know, brethren, don't you get this? Do you not understand this, is what he's saying? For, because I'm speaking to those who know the law. His audience was biblically lit- literate. They knew the word of God. They knew what God's word said. Do you not know the law? That the law... That's Moses' writings, and there were three spheres of the law, what Israel was to be like as a nation, their communal living, how they were to live together, their relationships to one another, and the spiritual the relationship that they had with God, and, uh, and that was replaced by Jesus with the law of love. And we saw a little bit of that this morning. I think you read those verses this morning about the law of love. Do you not know, brethren, that the law has jurisdiction over you? Has mastery is what the word jurisdiction is. It's the same word we get Lord from, Jesus Christ our Lord. Has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. There's a condition there. If you're living, the law has jurisdiction over you. Think of, uh, uh, he moves on then to this illustration, and Paul loves illustrations for... Or in the same way, the married woman is bound by law. The word bound there, think of three-legged race, kind of tied together. I I hate three-legged races. I usually end up laying flat on the ground, never liked it. It's also used in the New Testament to describe someone to whom a demon has attached themselves. So ladies, you can't go out saying that your husband's demon possessed. That doesn't work. That's not what he's saying there. It's just a word that's used to describe that. Um, she's bound by law to her husband while he's living there's the condition if he's alive you're you're tied together but and here's the contrast in conjunction if her husband dies she is released from the law okay like I do things differently and yesterday we had no no exception I like to leave the cupboard doors open while I cook to me, it's like open, close, open, you get them sticky. You get stuff on it. So if you leave the doors open. And I like to take the garbage pail, I put it in the middle of the floor of the kitchen. And she's tripping over the garbage and moving it. And I go to dump something in the garbage and it's not there. And I go to put my hand in the... Cu- and it's like really... It's, it's kind of chaos. When I die, darling, you are not bound by my like to have the cupboard doors open and the garbage in the middle of the floor. You, can, you don't have... To, like to, when people that say, well, would want me to do... No. You're no longer bound to me. You're no longer bound to my idiosyncrasies. She's just going like this. So she's planning the day already um, while he's living. But if her husband dies, she's released from the law. The force, the power, she's released from that. It also means to become unemployed. You are unemployed when I die. Um, concerning the husband, in regards to the husband, you don't have to do that any longer. Verse 3, so then. Here's the result. If while, again, another condition, her husband is living, she is joined to another man, either marriage or sexually involved, she shall be called, she'll be identified as an adulteress. If her husband dies, again, another condition, she is free from the law. She's no longer a slave to the law. The law is no longer applicable to that situation. So that, here's the result, She's not an adulteress, though she is joined, idea of married to. Now, if she's living with, sleeping with, she's not an adulteress, she's a fornicator. It's just the Bible's word for that.
2: Okay, so Stan, going going back to the same kind of line of question that we started with here, um, Again, there are people who are probably listening who might not even be going to church regularly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and reason for that could be the people who go to church. Yeah. All right? Because people are people and people Mm -hmm. sometimes stink and they're not... I don't mean smell.
0: Yeah. Odors. I'm not talking Mm -hmm. about odors.
2: I'm just talking people aren't very nice. So if someone isn't going to church right now or they don't have uh, Christian influences in their life and and they're not a part of some kind of group... Obviously, they could come to evangel, but mm-hmm. what, what are the ways of people really trying to connect to a church?
0: Well, I think you begin to look for a church that, that breathes Jesus. It smells like Jesus in the place. You know, talk mm-hmm. about stink. Well, you know, we see Jesus, uh, the room of Jesus, grace, truth, so the word of God being proclaimed, grace for those who are struggling, we're all struggling. Mm-hmm. Every person is. And certainly the church is full of hypocrites and people who are sinners and messed up because that's, that's, that's the people that need Jesus. Yep. And Jesus said a well person doesn't need a doctor. If you think you're well, you're really not going to respond to the gospel. But if you understand where you're coming from, if you understand that your life is a mess and it, it is. every person's life is a mess I don't care who you are, how good you look on the outside. technically speaking, before God, your life is a mess. And so it's the person that can put their life into Jesus' hands and then what the, it's like you're a guy, your eyes get open to the fact that you know what? I'm just like everybody around me. I'm the same as they are. I have the same kinds of faults, and God wants me to accept them. He's commanded them to accept me, and under the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I am I am now walking in forgiveness, and I will forgive others and extend the same kind of grace to them that God has extended to me.
2: You know, Stan, I don't know if I really agree with that. Actually, I'd say I disagree with that. Okay. I'm joking, by the way. No, that okay. was really good. That was good. Um, so thanks for joining us this evening, everyone. Stan, thank you for those uh, those words of encouragement. I got you going there for a second. Yeah, you did. You're ready for a fight. Anyways, um, thanks everyone for joining us this evening. And again, we're going to continue the message next week, the same message. We're going to go on the second part of that and look forward for you joining with us. And again, remember, don't end your day without a word with God. Here
1: comes day, but I don't know. Your love will see me through it all new Opportunity and challenge like your word directs me to what's right And spurs me on right through the fight With the promise of new life